0: It's Sports Arena and it is Extreme Rewind, your weekly look into world extreme as we look at ECW Hardcore TV from episode one all the way to 401 of every special and pay-per-view. In between, you got myself, Paul, and I'm by Jay. What's happening, Jay?
1: The year is 1998 and we are off and running.
0: It's nice to be in 1998, I can't lie. It's weird, isn't it? is weird it's weird when um obviously you look at things like the network and you have to scroll back and you sort of get an idea where you'll be at by the end of the year and you sort of think oh that looks all shiny and new Mm. and you sort of um obviously go back and we've still got just incredible causing havoc
1: And would Um, you like to know the number one song on the Billboard charts in in January 1998? Yeah, definitely. Truly Madly Deeply by Savage Garden.
0: Oh. That
1: one. Sort of
0: that one. That wasn't really the version. No, that was it. It was perfect version of it. (laughs) Too perfect. We're in trouble. But ECW just play it in the background, coincidentally. Uh, this week, as Jay rightly said, we are in January nineteen ninety eight. As we are looking at episodes two hundred and forty six, two hundred and forty seven, and two hundred and forty eight, East W Hardcore TV. There's a whole lot of stuff going on, and there's a whole lot of nothing going on. In
1: equal measure, it is equal measure. It is some of the most exciting stuff that you'll ever see, and some real skippable stuff. And a familiar
0: face. I wonder how long he lasts on TV this time. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, episode two hundred and forty-six kicks off. Obviously, it's a New Year's episode. Depending where you read, some like say this beginning of January. Other places say this was like a New Year's Eve sort of ninety-seven yeah. episode. So it all depends. But we'll go with the network sort of order because it makes it easier. Um Yeah, it starts off with was it Funami Santo? Santo. Yeah. Uh, basically, welcomes ECW to Japan.
1: The future of pro wrestling. So, yeah. We are, we are in Japan for the new year. It's it's exciting.
0: Yes, yeah, so obviously they're off doing another Japanese um, tour. We then get a ECW from Tokyo, Japan, in sort of a Japanese esque font, <laughs> <laughs> sort of a stereotypical Japanese font. I thought that was that was nice. Um, it's basically ECW touring with FMW. Uh, FMW, what are your sort of memories of FMW, really? Because obviously, I know we had a couple of DVDs and stuff like that. So Hayabusa, um, yeah. I think Cactus Jack appeared in FMW a couple of times.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, FMW really kind of ramped up into the Japanese death match craziness. You know, I think we saw some of that in this episode as well. Um, my, my bigger memories are, are um, uh, Masato Tanaka and, and the gladiator. Um, yeah uh and uh, as you said Hayabusa um who is I I I feel that if you are listening to this podcast you probably know who Hayabusa is however if you do not for those that that tiny 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 audience for whatever reason this is missed um I feel that I'm safe in saying a more skillful Sabu
0: yeah, I'd agree with that. And by the time we get to Heat Wave this year, you'll definitely know who he is. Yes. As he has probably one of the greatest tag team matches in ECW history. So,
1: yeah,
0: you know, he well, is not the last we hear of him from this year. Um, so, East FMW have Paul Heyman meets with Asushi Anita. Anita? Yeah, Anita. Anita. Which both is obviously ECW owner, FMW owner, have a little moment. Um, They sort of made it feel like it was going to be bigger than what it was.
1: A very weird um, uh, bro handshake thing, uh, which was quite strangely, um, it it kind of Stallone over the top esque.
0: And say, well, sort of like um Predator. Yeah. You son of a bitch. I'm here. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, but, um, it, it was quite weird.
0: It's it's kind of you'd have to be like a hardcore fan of hardcore, I guess. But um to really sort of, it's, it's a big deal, but it's like a sort of, sort of nothing deal. Because FMW and obviously ECW were both sort of covering that same sort of blip on the market. So they both had their hardcore audiences, for lack of a better term, but they weren't, you know, like a New Japan shaking hands with like WCW type deal, do you know what I mean? So, but it's, yeah. um, it's, it's, a, it's a big moment and, it, and it's good because it's going to lead up to a lot of matches. We had um, Sabu then cut a the promo with Bill Alfonso, or should I say Sabu standing there in a suit and Bill Alfonso talking
1: but How do you the... feel about a a suited Sabu? Um,
0: it just felt a bit kayfabe, isn't it? Just
1: yeah, I, I struggle with Sabu as a character. Sometimes I
0: mean,
1: it's like
0: Sabu in a suit blows my mind. Sabu strapped <laughs> to some a sort gurney. of a gurney with a, <laughs> a Silence of the Lambs mask on, I'm totally fine with. Yeah. So, it just shows you where I'm at with, with Sabu. But um, yes, it will. Bill Alfonso, uh, one of the hottest feuds of the, the show was him trying to battle with the camera and find out which camera was recording him. You know, had the, he just, um, I at the moment got the better of him, but he, he truly didn't have a clue what was going on. Uh, we found out that Sabu has been to Japan 140 times. Yeah. Some daddy. of the times is when he was meant
1: to be on um, ECW TV. This is true, Daddy. Um, with FMW being the company that he stood ECW up for in 95. Oh.
0: I feel like I want to say Daddy after the end of every sentence during the segment. I, I think you should do it, Daddy. Um, he confirms that he is bringing his whistle with him, so people don't have to worry. We then got the whistle. It's looked Tremendous. Sabu is the king of hardcores, not hardcore, hardcores. And um yeah, no, it just I just felt like um it felt quite a professional. I imagine there's obviously members of the Japanese media and magazines and that there, and I felt Belafonso felt very nervous doing mm. this. Yeah. Because he some of his promos at East W very much just been a masterclass and he just sort of he gets into it. And he really engages his character; he knows his role. With this, I feel he felt nervous. He wasn't wasn't comfortable in the suit. He wasn't comfortable in any of it. He kind yeah. of felt like he was built up on a bit representing ECW in this whole. And yeah, but nonetheless, he got across what he needed to, and it was fine. Uh, Sandman then talks about Sabu uh, injuring him more than anyone else has injured him. Before an ECW and now they're gonna to take Tokyo to the extreme.
1: It's and were you excited up. to see an EC a, a, a Japanese FMW slash ECW Sandman versus Sabu match? Oh uh,
0: no. <laughs> actually,
1: actually yawned thinking about it.
0: No, um it's it's kind of rough because it's There's nothing wrong with their matches. Like I said, if you were to just watch any of these matches we've described, you're in for a treat. I mean, They're, they're fun matches to watch. It's just when it's the same match every week, it becomes a bit like, I was amazed first time. I was buzzing to see it a second time. You know, I need some sort of something, a stipulation or something to make it. Like, why are we... Apart from just proving you're extreme and all that. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's sort of... It's not... It's not bad matches. And if you just watched one of any of the matches we've seen, you'd be like, that's fucking crazy. I'm fucking digging yes. it. But watching it every week, it's a bit like, okay, we've gone from the first time ever to, this is your only match
1: you're having this year. Yeah. So, um... And as we said last week, they're all fine but none of them stand
0: out. No, that's the problem. And if they just had one, it totally would, because you'd remember all the bits about it. Because if so many, it's hard to really remember what spot was from what match. And it just sort of all moulds into, you know, an insane highlight reel. If they need a highlight, cut together a highlight reel of it, you'd be like, wow, this is absolutely bonkers.
1: I need to but see the it the only all. way you'd be able to tell that it wasn't all in the same match is because their outfits would change. Because bots are so interchangeable, it could be from any one of their matches. It's not as if, um, and I guess this is my 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 issue to a degree with with their feud. It's not as if you can turn around and go, "Well, all the crazy shit happened at the pay per view." So, if there was a really like ridiculous fucking spot, that was Heat wave, That was uh, November to Remember '97, the stay to Hell, Hell match, because. It, that's that's they, they haven't saved the crazy stuff for just the pay-per-view. They've done the crazy stuff and then tried to up the crazy stuff and then tried to up the crazy stuff.
0: Yeah, and I think my issue with obviously when Sandman was feuding with Cactus Jack, we got it almost week in, week out. You know, we're back in Florida, we're back in the arena, we're here every week, every week. But what saved that and made that fresh was almost like the Sandman and Cactus Jack promos in between. So it felt like growth. Because Sabu doesn't talk and all Sandman at the moment is saying, I love ECW. There's not a lot of like growth to it, if that makes sense. Yeah. They kept, like they, that was Sandman when he was with Woman and um, obviously Cactus Jack's just, you know, just amazing to himself. And it it felt like a different because they would have a proper, it felt fresh air every time and sort of what these are. Yeah. But but um yeah they're not bad matches. I mean we haven't got to the match yeah we've already said what we're thinking about. But um yes yeah, so that's coming up everyone I <laughs> <laughs> wonder what we think about that. <laughs> we then got um Tommy Dreamer they say Tommy Dreamer is of ECW but Tommy Dreamer somehow giving credit for this pays tribute to Terry Funk we had sad music going on. Um, says he wasn't supposed to go out there, but Terry Funk was like, "Get your ass to Japan." Yeah, yeah, get your ass to Japan. I've got, I've got something I want to tell you. And um, he dragged out this something he wanted to tell him for ages. I got to a point where I can't even remember what he told him. I think it was to get his ass to Japan. Yeah, no, he had a message for him at the end, but it was just all a bit like, "Why are we doing this again?" What's what's the build up? It's just—is this just because we've got no five seconds worth of Terry Funk footage that we can air and pretend he's sort of still on the roster? Like, how are we doing this?
1: So, where was this Terry Funk footage from? Was that from the tour? Yeah. So, again, you know, weird timey-wimey trying to work out how this fits together. Because, you know, we had him retire yep. following, uh, following the pay-per-view and all the rest of it. We, we saw him get the belt that they all contributed to and the, the dinner and the thank you and all the rest of it. He also, on the 29th of December 1997 episode of Raw, that's him debuting as Chainsaw Charlie.
0: Oh, this is so weird, isn't it?
1: Well, maybe it's like... So I don't know when this was. So was it, was it...
0: But this is why I said this was the New Year's... I thought originally this was New Year's episode. So this would have been filmed maybe a couple of weeks before New Year's. Or maybe it's footage yeah. they had for ages this is the problem because let's have a look uh,
1: trying to see any segments December 12th and 13th 1998, no it can't be that one because that was
0: yeah, I'm trying to, I'm just checking out the raw 5th, January the 5th um, there's no cactus Jack ever on this um did you see uh, Conrad 83 weeks ago? They were talking about Rob Van Dam. And they were talking about this sort of error. And they were saying about Rob Van Dam refused to lose to maybe the roadie, I want to say. all oh. right, Or someone. And that's why he stopped appearing on Raw. Because he was backstage in WCW, apparently. Like I'm not sure if it was Hogwild or whatever one it was. Yeah, he was backstage at one of theirs, and he was sort of really going for the Mister Monday Night appearing at different shows, and but yeah, apparently there was someone in WWE he didn't want a job to. Well, that's what they said anyway. I don't really know. But I just thought it was interesting because it makes sense why he suddenly wasn't on TV anymore. Yeah. yeah so, so I think was...
1: this was the Super Extreme Wrestling War tour from yeah. December the nineteenth, nineteen ninety seven, to the December twenty second, nineteen ninety seven. It it, it had uh, a four-night run um, in uh, Tokyo, Osaka, Nagoya, and uh, back into uh, Korokan in Tokyo for the last night. Yeah, Did a combined attendance of 15,000. And we had uh, Terry Funk defeating Sam and Baba Ray on night one. Steve Dudley defeated uh, Ricky Fuji and Gladiator defeated Tommy Dreamer. Then on night two, we had Dudley Boys versus Jado and Gado. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so th- this is you know, part of it. So Zen, which was the gladiator... Uh, Mr. Ganazuki and uh, Yukihiro Kenemura uh, defeated Terry Funk, Man, and Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. And with Hayabusa, Masato Tanaka, and Oya in the um, main event. Uh, and then night three, we had Team ECW, Terry Funk, Sandman, Tommy Dreamer, and Dudley Boys defeating Zen, Hido Kuroda, the Gladiator, Anita, and the Great. Which is what uh, we saw. Yeah, so that was, uh, that was from the 21st. Um, and then on day four, we had Funk and Tommy Dreamer defeating the Dudley Boys and the Gladiator and Hedo. Uh, and the Samman defeated, uh, Savusum defeated the Samman. This is from day four, which was December 22nd, 1997. Okay, so that sort of time-wise that works because then literally finishes the tour,
0: comes back and is in the Fed.
1: Yeah, so he retires, he then comes back for the ECW tour, the the Japanese tour, um, and then a week later cuts his way out of a box on Raw.
0: They should have got him in, obviously it wouldn't have worked because he was a different character, but he could have been in Team Titan, it would have been great, because it would have been a monster heel if he turned up as a heel, representing WWE. Um, so, yeah, so basically, we've got this weird kind of like sort of tribute video to Terry Funk. Um, Joey Styles introduces some of the FMW guys. Really, uh, Masato Tanaka and Mike Awesome are the standouts because obviously they have sort of future runs in ECW. So, it'd be interesting to see how long Mike Awesome sticks around this time. Remember Shane Douglas remembers him. <laughs> Still looking after Francine. Yeah, from afar, he's just looking after her. And we get highlights from Japan. Obviously, Jay just ran down a lot of this card. There were a lot of the matches we saw, like <laughs> Team ECW versus Team FMW, all that sort of stuff. I mean, it was all harmless. It was it was some you know, good matches. It would have been... I, I feel it would have been nicer to maybe get this match in full and just highlights of Sandman versus Sabu.
1: Yeah,
0: You know, just because it is... You're bigging up this deal with FMW and we've seen, like, fuck all from it.
1: Really. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just kind of a promise that you're going to be seeing more of them. And, you know, we know that they they do work with them throughout 98, but, yeah, it was just this kind of, like, end of... of these guys... Yeah, but I just think it would have been nice if you got
0: this thrift match. You could have just sort of maybe thrown that on there. But, I, you know, I get it. You know, they love Sabu, Sandman. So, we got the highlights that, So, obviously, a bit of gladiator, Gladiator, uh, Tanaka and all the others, which is cool. We then got to Sabu versus Sandman. Um, Sam, what haven't we said? What what'd you feel about this version of this
1: match? Um... I, I, it didn't really do anything more for me than anything else. It's, um, uh, uh, I felt it quite um, similar to how they built up uh, Raven and Dreamer from Japan um, the year before or whatever it was with the, with the whole kind of you know, so big it's an na- international incident kind of thing. Yeah,
0: I see, um,
1: I see the comparison. Yeah. There. An ECW Sandman Sabu match,
0: and um, yeah, different different sort of audience. They're not as rabid, obviously, as would get in the arena. But um, yeah, again, it, it's a standalone match. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just sort of the repetitive nature of it that sort of sort of um, dilutes it slightly, in my opinion. But Sabu picks up the win, as he has done with all of them. Has he? Does Sandman beat him yet? I think,
1: Sabu, I I think, think
0: Sabu's won most of them, hasn't he?
1: He's won most of them. I think he's won all of them. Yeah,
0: so yeah, so Sabu well, that took us to the end of the show. We then go to episode 247, which is around the 7th of January 1998. It kicks off with the great Sasuke versus Tiger Mask. Um, I never knew Tiger Mask was an ECW. <sighs>
1: No, again, you know, of all the people you, you have, the whole kind of... Did you know they were an ECW? Tiger Mask feels like a name that should be up there.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, whether it be however it happened and all that, Tiger Mask on ECW TV, I think is a pretty um, decent thing. And this is a, you know, a really solid match. It was different to a lot of the other bits we've seen. Uh, obviously, Great Sasuke is someone they're massively behind at the moment. And... Um, as like sort of an international name they could advertise, and um yeah no decent, decent 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 match. We're heading towards a
1: showdown between um, Great Sasuke and Just Incredible. So uh, this Tiger Mask would have been uh, Yoshihiro Yamazaki, hmm. um, who um, was trained by uh, Samaya, who I think was. Uh, was he the original Tiger Mask? Um, yes, so he was trained by uh, Satoru Sayama, who was the original Tiger Mask. Uh, and he was Tiger Mask from 1992 uh, sorry, 1995 um, until uh, about 2010 ish. So, um, oh wow. Yeah, a, a long serving Tiger Mask.
0: This is like a big deal Tiger Mask. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think that should be more of a thing. Tiger
1: Mask 4, technically.
0: We sort of got Candido and Storm Balls Rotten and FBI for, like, a minute. Yeah. They sort of keep doing this. It's been a new thing, sort of, bringing people to a ring for a match that you're probably not going to get. So... That sort of happened, and then um, a new Jack Spike Dudley promo for about two seconds. There was like yep, so much going. There was so much going on, but like they were roughing through too much. I think, in my opinion,
1: I, I completely agree. I mean, it felt as if it was almost on skip.
0: Yeah, I, there's a um, couple of bits I like. Almost, I actually rewound the episode. So I thought oh, I must have like knocked it or jolted it or something because what's happening? I mean, I thought it might have jumped or something, but no, they were just, just bang, 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 bang. Quick entrance, uh, Francine with belt promo, two seconds, bang, cut off promo, back to this. And, um, yeah, we had a um, quick highlights of Just Incredible versus uh, Pablo um,
1: Marquez. Yeah, the uh, El Puerto Ricano, the, the former El Puerto Ricano.
0: Yeah, and um, this basically is all about Nicole Bass's debut. That's that's what they wanted here. That's where they're going yeah. with. They got the China Who line in there, and um, yeah, Nicole Bass is now aligned with Just Incredible. I mean, fair enough. It's um, it's interesting. She sort of works with Jason,
1: I guess. Yeah. Um yeah, it's I mean it, you know it's a, it's a it, as a visual she's very very impressive. She's got the 911esque factor in the sense that she looks huge compared to the ECW roster. Yeah. Um, so, you know, she does look bigger than China and she does look um she does look like a, a massive force to be reckoned with, isn't yeah. Um, because of the size of the ECW roster, so yeah, I mean, it's um, it's good visuals. It's uh, you know, they, they got to plug that she's from the Howard Stern show, she's from the Private Parts movie. Um, yeah, which would have been good, like traffic at
0: this point, I guess. Because Howard Stern, yeah, I mean, it would have been just like complete shock shock yeah. which has obviously got the ecw vibe to it it's a good um good mix
1: yeah i mean it's exactly the type of audience though going for it's the exactly yes yeah. so, i mean I, I think it's perfect for them and you know really interesting that it's it it's so very picked up and influenced by um uh, picks up and influences um wwe no 100 percent
0: um we then got again like 30 second highlights of Dudley boys versus
1: this is new Jack and Spike Dudley, but I'm pretty sure Cronus is there. So Cronus runs in and makes the save. Ah, uh, okay. Returning from injury. Cause if you remember, they broke his hand, which means he couldn't even do his, his shaka brother thing. Yes. Uh, yes. Because I, I felt they should have set the thumb up so he could at least have done kind of the sign. Um, but yeah, Cronus runs in and makes the save, and um, has the most energy we've seen out of him for months. So that was nice.
0: Yeah, I just think New Jack and Spike Dudley seem like a much more natural team.
1: Which is an incredibly fucked up thing to say.
0: Yeah, but they got the whole—they've almost got a more aggressive Mikey Cactus Jack sort of vibe about it. it was like, come on, Spike, yeah. we're gonna die.
1: Yeah. I I, I don't think you're wrong, and and I think that really states something to Cronus, where, you know, Little Spike Dudley feels like a better fit in this team and this feud than four-time tag champion Cronus. Well, that's
0: it. I mean, he's just, he's really kind of lost in the shuffle here, and you can see him just falling and falling and falling, and it's... um. It's quite scary, really. Living Dangerously is announced. And uh, more pay-per-view outlets are picking it up. It's good to know. We might be able to see this one. We going to get this one with real music. And if, um, yeah, if people don't have it, ask. So that's what I'm going to do. Let's see if I can get it. Uh, we have brief highlights. <laughs> we have brief highlights of Barakas versus Paul Diamond. It's basically just full Nelson, well, full yeah. Basically just full, full, Nelson done. You, you warned me. You said he was, he was coming back, but not as we once knew him. And this is the case. He's in a Baracus bear hug, and he's done.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, this isn't quite the highlight of the, uh, the base brawl matches and the the body count matches, and I just you know, um, the, the, the main eventing bad company versus public enemy feud, is it? <laughs> I just feel like obviously
0: Vince is putting a lot of strings in ECW at this point. It feels like to me because someone like Barakas is so un-ECW and not in like a a heat seeker type way where it's sort of, you know, an anti-hardcore Steve Carino or this place is shit Jerry Lawler. He's just Just a a, sort of a jacked up, roided guy that can't really fucking work.
1: I mean, you say that he's very on ECW, but to a degree, you know, apart from the roids, that was Heyman's bread and butter, wasn't it? I mean, you know, he's a a big guy with one move. 911 was a big guy with one move for, for, for years and, you know, was just the hottest thing going for a point so, you know, that kind of um, you know, he's a monster, he's a killer, he's huge, he's unstoppable. Just look at him, he's 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 carved out of granite, and we're gonna feed him to tatters. Yeah, I
0: suppose he could report back and be like getting on and be like, Oh, massive hill, gets booed out of the building, complete heat seeker, everyone hates him, it's going amazing. He just Yeah, tri- how's
1: the ring work? Well, we you know, his matches are About 17 seconds long. Not so good. So, yeah, no, I suppose there is a lot of positives for that.
0: Um, So, he picked up the win. We had the Sandman's entrance, followed by Al Snow. Uh, Basically, Team ECW versus... was now dubbed as Team Titan, I believe.
1: Yes. Now, this was weird because this was 4-on-4. Yeah. Except it might not be 4-on-4 because... Taz, at the beginning, did a promo that said, basically, fuck you, I don't know. If I come out, I'm a tag team partner. If I don't, then I don't, because I do what I want. Well, yeah. It's just, uh, which made no sense, really. It's just such like a, a weird
0: line of... you. You can't have tears so like I'm by myself by myself but keep saving ECW it's like I don't know it's hard to explain because you know but it's it's too much I'm not asking to be friends with these guys but it should take something over the top every time kind of like burning ECW flag or you know, I just feel like he's always helping them and I don't know why he's really involved in this, this feud because it's just not, it's just spinning now. None of them feel like Team Titan. You know, I can understand if no. he wanted to fight um, Barakas because of the pure challenge of it because he does visually look like a beast. But um, yeah, how are you feeling about it all?
1: It feels like it's dropped off a cliff something chronic. It feels like you know, you can almost understand that Sandman and Tommy Dreamer just keep getting bested by RVD and Sabu because it's R V D and Sabu. Um being laid out by Furnace, LaFon, um Brackus, and I'm 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 blanking on the fourth. Um,
0: what in this match? Yeah, it was Sabu,
1: Rob Van Damme, uh Furness and LaFon. Oh yeah, um. But yeah, being laid out by Furness LaFon. Oh, it was uh, Stevie. I was thinking of because he was the one that ran in and and did the super kick at the pay per view for yeah. No reason was ever discovered, and and then he went. Um, but no, it it, it feels like they've dropped down the card so heavily on this. Um, you know, Team Titan is 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 really nothing, and and the fact that Al Snow, who is part of that WWE team that have come in, that WWF team that have come in, is now an ECW original. Yeah. Well, why isn't he? Is he an ECW original? Oh, that's because, that's... Because he was known as Leaf Cassidy in in. in WWF and he's Al Snow here, he's an ECW original This is it because
0: he was Al Snow, then he went to Leaf Cassidy but he only really appeared for the NWA tournament and hang around for a little bit but he wasn't really involved but Furness and LaFont and Sabu and RVD aren't counted as like anything ECW even though the only wrestler on ECW and I don't know, it's just, like I said, when RVD was on WWE TV, I guess there was sort of something with this. But now, WWE seems so distant from it that it's kind of quite, it's almost embarrassing, you know? Because they're just given complete like, like dead talent. Yeah. You know like there must have been like someone half decent they could have sort of really put out there if they wanted to. there was some sort of a name I mean it doesn't have to be like anything I just I don't know I just feel like anyone could have come out Because I think I'm sure it's coming up you get people like draws and that come over
1: yeah I mean this is part of the 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 talent exchange and the um the feeder system style thing that. ECW have with WWE, um, but yeah, it's just it, it's it just is a bit strange that that's you know who's taking which side.
0: That's it, and I'm surprised. I mean, obviously, I can't remember at the time. I don't remember reading all the bits, but I don't feel like it was common knowledge. There was a working relationship. And no, because no. it would it so, gone against because ECW would have then you know,
1: being part of the machine and it wouldn't have been cool. Absolutely. And and this was the bit where people didn't realise that that WWE were bankrolling ECW.
0: Yeah, and you kind of do sit there and think, well when you watch back, like you've got WWE tag teams on there. You've got Barakas, who's clearly under contract on there. And like, there were signs. You know? Yeah. So but yeah, no, again, wasn't wasn't an awful match. Just, um, I, again, I preferred seeing this. You know, it's it's fresher than say Sabu versus Sandman again. But um, yeah, it was it was decent. But um, it's just my issues. Just I think it's because I was in love with this angle at the beginning so much, and now I don't even know who I'm watching or why I'm watching them. Representing it feels
1: someone. like yeah we, we... Like we're deep into NWO black and white style it, it, moving. That's the thing.
0: It feels like a really poorly done NWO angle. It should have been a really hot ECW invading RAW angle. And it's left with a bunch of ECW guys pretending to be WWE guys invading the ECW. You know, they're not really invading because actually under contract with ECW but they'd rather be on Raw, but they're not. Yeah. Feud.
1: Yeah, and they don't really have any hatred for ECW. They're just there to beat people up because they're being told who to beat up.
0: Yeah, and uh, then we got loads of November to Remember 1997 highlights.
1: Which is available in the archives if you wish to hear us talk all about um, our favourite bad show or our least favourite good show. I'm not sure which it was. I am sure though if you don't listen it'll be a regret and you'll never forget. That is accurate. That is accurate. But you can go back and listen. You don't have to speak to a pay-per-view provider. You don't have to try and track it down although it is available on the network. It is wherever you are listening to this podcast just track back a few episodes. There it is. November to remember 1997.
0: Oh, Shane Douglas in his hometown. Close to his hometown. Um, That takes to the end of that episode. We then go to Episode 248 on the 14th of January 1998, roughly. It kicks off with Al Snow, originally scheduled to fight Paul Diamond, but he is injured, so we get Al Snow versus uh, a recently debuting roadkill or new roadkill
1: or new roadkill. fresh out of the, the dojo roadkill. Yes. So he's not Amish yet. He is just roadkill. roadkill. Just the roadkill. Um, man, they know how
0: to make our snow look like a mega star, don't they? Yes, they do. It's, it, sometimes you sit there and you think, do you know what? Sometimes it is just that easy, and that's that's what it felt like. That's that's the lesson here. That you kind of sat there and looked at it, and thought, do you know what? Sometimes it really is just that easy to make somebody like a mega star. You've obviously given out Styrofoam heads. You've given a yep. very different entrance. That yep. um I know Heyman said he wanted it to be like a rave kind of feel. I think you're achieving that. But um he felt like
1: a someone. So in 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 real life, he's at this point coming out to breathe from Prodigy, isn't he? Yeah. So uh the, the WWE WW version for this is is shockingly pitiful, but there we go. Um yeah, and it is, you know, it's, it's simple things. Like, all they've done is they've turned the camera upside down. But it gives you that slightly strange, slightly wacky, um, <coughs> he's, he's, he's a little bit disconnected, he's a little bit crazy kind of vibe to it. And then, as you said, the entire crowd, you know, bobbing the, 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 the styrofoam heads. Um, yeah, I mean, just it, it makes him look like a megastar.
0: Yeah, no, I I think so. Like I said, um, yeah, big fan of it. I mean, Paul McDiamond does come out during the match attacks Al Snow, so that feud is still up and running, which I didn't mind. It's said a good match, but um, Al Snow picks up the win,
1: and then um, Snow powers yes. Chastity. Well, apparently Chastity has been the, the thorn in this side for quite a while now, um. So it's it's about time that Al Snow got some up on her, um. I've not seen any of that. I saw Chastity in the first Paul Diamond match because we talked about why Chastity was something with Paul Diamond, um, but her being this kind of you know foil to Al Snow is something that I've I've missed. And did Al Snow win or did Head pick up the victory? Because it seemed like Head pinned. Um, oh, okay. you. You've Got the,
0: um, the signs of issues between them already. Yeah, no, I think no. Technically, you're right. I think technically Head. Might have the victory here, but um, yeah, no, not a bad match. Decent, like I said, in, in watching the growth of our snow, it, it's really fast sort of growth, but um enjoying it all the same. We then go to probably my favourite match out of the shows this week. We've got Chris
1: Candido yes. versus Jerry Lynn. I 100% agree with you. This was an amazing match.
0: It really was something special. It was great. I mean, obviously, we, we said like in recent weeks and months how just impressed we are with with Candido and how we felt like we might have slept on it a bit over the years. We always knew he was good, but you don't realise how good until you see it watch it back with fresh eyes. And um, yeah, Jerry Lynn starting to pull out Jerry Lynn matches, I guess. Yeah. So um, I mean,
1: show. When he's given some time and he's given the right opponent, Jerry Lynn can do everything that we know Jerry Lynn goes on to do. Exactly. So, like, yeah, really,
0: really enjoyable match. Um, shocking ending, but explainable ending. Basically, Candido's
1: hurt his um, bicep or tricep. Um, yeah, he's, they, they mentioned throughout that he should have surgery and he's trying to rehab through because he doesn't want to miss six to nine months. Exactly. Ends up with getting caught
0: in an arm bar by Jerry Lynn and sort of tapping out before it's in because he doesn't want to damage himself anymore. So Jerry Lynn picks up a massive victory. Um, Candido doesn't really look weak because the arm was mentioned and sold throughout. So he doesn't really sort of lose a lot. He just taps to try and stop himself from getting further injured. But... um Yeah,
1: perfect, I
0: thought.
1: And plays very nicely. They did a very good job of playing it into the Mikey Whipwreck story because Jerry Lynn, being the gentleman that he is, um, knew he was injured. So the moment the tap, he let go straight away. He knew he'd won the match. He didn't want to cause any undue damage to the arm of his competitor. Unlike that dastardly just incredible who went out of his way to try and destroy the career of Mikey Whiprack. Yep.
0: he did. Bastard. Um, yeah, we get highlights of all that. We then get the FBI, uh, which is Greedo and Smothers, versus Axel and Bulls. Or is it Freeway, isn't it? It's the whole FBI versus Rotten Bulls and Dreamer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we get that basically six man FBI versus Axel Rotten, Balls Mahoney, and Tommy Dreamer. Um, love Axel Rotten, but he's a trier as well. He's sort of you don't want to miss um, any good moments to try and get himself over or to feel like he's over. He's sort of jumping with the W bits and all that, and yeah, i um, still think they should have got a tag team title run, but that's an argument
1: for every Companies week. FBI did and they haven't. Yeah. But, um, yeah, overall,
0: it's not an awful match. Feels like a mismatch, I guess, the way they're positioned. You'd almost imagine, um, Dreamer that would squash these three as the FBI are very much like comic relief rather than serious threats at the moment. At least that's how it feels. Yeah. So, but yeah, not bad and, um, the good guys picked up the win, and that takes us to our main event, which is just incredible versus the great Sasuke Avenging. I was going to say the death um, Avenging Mikey Whitbreak's injury. He has travelled here and his loss.
1: Yeah, and his loss, his shock loss to the, the 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 brat, the upstarts, just incredible. That was his second
0: match, wasn't it? So, yeah, Jerry Lynn, then him. So, um, yeah. so, yeah, it all goes down. Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, very
0: early. Uh, again, very aggressive. Just
1: incredible. In it was a little while ago. It was maybe last week or the week before. We said about just incredible starting to come through. Yeah. Um and it won't be long before we see, you know, the Just Incredible t-shirts and the Just Incredible um Kane and all the rest of it. And this one is him with his Got Blood t-shirt, his iconic Got Blood t-shirt, playing off the uh the, the Got Milk advertising campaign, which was huge in America at this point. Um so yeah, this is this is beginning to be full uh full attitude, just incredible. The only thing I I think the next step for him is the mic. Because it's still um, Jason doing all of the talking.
0: Yeah, no, it's. Um, I said they got blood t shirt, is tremendous. But um, yeah, just incredible is getting himself a little sort of crew now. And um, yeah, no, I liked it. I liked the match. I thought, like I said, I thought he looked quite aggressive. Sasuke looked good and um, didn't really sort of have an issue with it. It was just, I
1: just thought it was fine. I mean, it was, yeah, it was a fine match. Um, the end comes as they try to uh, viciously end the career of the great Sasuke. Uh, I get confused still because, you know, there's there's chairs and there's chairs being wrapped around legs and all the rest of it, but that's not a DQ because it's the baddie doing that, however good he's going to do anything at all. Oh, that was the bit we didn't call out. That that was that annoyed the fuck out of me of the the tag match, the the ECW versus Team Titan tag match. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll finish this and then I'll look back. Um, so yeah, so it, the, the, he's trying to end his career with the chair and and various other things, and um, you know it, it's all you know it's all fine because it's the heel doing it. However, if it was the face doing it, then they all get pulled back and stopped and blah, blah blah because that's not how it works blah 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 um my my very quick rant about the tag match is there's this longest piece where um sandman is getting beaten down and beaten down and beaten down by all four members of team titan yeah and they are all in the ring at the same time and they're beating up and beating down and round and round around and, and taz is waiting at ringside yeah. Uh, he he will not get in until he is tagged he will not get in until he is tagged he knows that this is ECW and blah 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 and this has never been a thing up until now but at this point because he is a purist because he is a t- traditionalist all those names that are expected with ECW obviously he will not get in until he is legally tagged in and therefore there's about five minutes where you just watch Sam get teamed and teamed and teamed And all you see is Taz getting more and more frustrated because he can't get tagged in, although everyone else is just running in and taking shots. I remember that. I remember that, and that annoyed me because
0: I didn't. I understood it, but I didn't understand it. I just. I
1: I don't think that's something you need as a, as a bit.
0: Not as a massive bit. It could have been like a moment where. And about a minute in, he sort of all said "screw it" kind of thing, but not as big a bit as it as it was.
1: No, it made Taz look a little bit. I mean, if if you were building, if you wanted to build the 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 tension between the two, then it's perfect because you could be sitting there, kind of go, "Why is he not getting in there? Why is he not getting in there? Why is he not getting in there?" I know he's a purist. I know he'd love. You know, he feels that this is a tag match and he should be tagged. Come I in and he wants to be the legal man so he can pin them or whatever else. But why is he not coming in there? And instead it's just uh, weird.
0: Yeah. I mean, they could have had a good moment where there was like loads of chairs and blunder in the ring and Taz basically got in the ring, sort of threw all the chairs out and basically just like, you know, shouted at the Titan guys like fucking come on or something. And everyone charged him. He sort of suplexed them all separately about using weapons. That would have yeah. worked to get over the same sort of thing. Um, Go back to Justin Krevel versus Great Sasuke. I don't mind the feud. See, this is where I think seeing the same match every week is done right because this is a mini feud before the main feud. Do you know what I mean, this is just a filler feud before Mikey comes back, which is the main feud. Yes, I don't have an issue with that. Sabu versus Sandman is the mini feud, but the main feud. So it's like they're fighting every week, but then you get to the pay per view and they're fighting again. And you're like, well, why should I pay for this now when I've seen it every week for the last seven weeks?
1: So that,
0: so that's I think that's my main issue with it is you can't have it as the main feud and the TV feud. You, you struggle to do both. Yeah, what are you building to if you're seeing it every single week on TV? Exactly. It's like imagine, you know, Taz versus Sabu was fighting every week, and it's like, oh, finally they fight on pay per view, even though you, you know you've seen it all. Kind of thing, so I think that's why I feel differently about some of the others. Um, overall, how did you find the three weeks? I
1: I, I thought they were good. I um, I quite enjoyed the the going to Japan for a change, um, even if it was exactly the same, but from Japan. Um, I I like the the introduction of the Japanese wrestlers. So you know, Gladiator and Tanaka and uh, the Great Sasuke, I think, are all all good fun. Um, I, I like seeing the emergence, just incredible. I thought Jerry Lynn Candido was my recommendation of the week. You know, if you're going to go and check one match, then that's the one to check out because they just had great chemistry. Um, yeah, it was all it was all pretty good. It was all pretty promising.
0: Yeah, no, agreed. I mean, um, like I said, nice, nice bits, just incredible, looking sharp. I agree. Um, Candido, Lance Storm. Definitely sort of steals um, the show for the the three weeks that we watched this week. But, yeah, so it's definitely worth checking that out. And um, next week, we're going to be doing our Mount Rushmore again. We are. It's been another 25. Yeah, so for those that don't know, every 25 episodes, we do a Mount Rushmore where basically we look back and... Um, we say who's made an impact in sort of that amount of time and, um,
1: yeah, it's going to be good. And it's about the people who have been important to the TV, not necessarily the people that we like. Yeah, I mean... I feel the need to continue to say.
0: Yeah, because obviously, you know, originally people like The Public Enemy, who, you know, some people might view as trash, what were popping up because they were, they were important at the time to the show. So it's not just... A um, favourites competition is you have to justify your reasons, that's so It's always a bit of fun, and uh, yeah, can't wait to see that next week. And you can have your say on social media at underscore sports arena on both Instagram and Twitter if you want to say who you think your Mount Rushmore has been for the last 24 episodes or from who you think sort of stood out at the end of '97, '98, any characters you're enjoying, future, join that sort of thing. We're going to talk a little bit about the current product, mainly MLW. Even though that's not current, because it's just showing the old underground, but it's current because it's sort of on, and it's really good because they still extreme horsemen and a whole bunch of stuff. So, if you're looking for an extreme fix or program that you might not have seen, go check out MLW. I feel like to there every week, a
1: little MLW. Yeah, I, I feel it's a good shout. I mean, it is, it, I, I think it's one that people still potentially sleep on. It's, um, a really great and I think it fits with what we're talking about here because I think in many ways it was a a spiritual successor to ECW it had quite a good energy to it it had some familiar faces and names um, as well as some talent who I think if ECW was still in play would have would have gone through ECW yeah like quite- punk and um, homicide <coughs> to just too Hundred like percent, and it gi- it gives you matches that you
0: sort of sit there and think, oh wow, you know, I wonder if like so and so, like you know, CM Punk had be in the same promotion as like whatever he was in MLW. He did feud with some of these people. He had matches with some of these people, you know. And like you said, the Lokis the homicides were there. Christopher Daniels, um, Leparka Parker versus Sabu. You know, the- Joey Styles, as you said, is on commentary, and that again. It's- Craziness. So, um, really, it yeah,
1: it's, it's a good mix.
0: Yes, it's the, the closest you could find to the next chapter to ECW through someone else's sort of eyes for a short period of time with a lot of talent, but it's worth watching. And, um, yeah, that brings us into the show this week. Thank you very much for listening. As we said, follow us on social media. We'll be back next week for more extreme action as we cover another three weeks of ECW. Hardcore TV plus our Mount Rushmore um, is living dangerously. Is fast approaching. Relive the revolution. Get involved and we'll be back next week. Bye.